Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening to AFR. Joining me in studio today is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Hello. Uh, let's see, today's Thursday, but Ray couldn't be with us. Ray's normally with us Tuesdays and Thursdays, but he uh, let it be known that uh, he was not able to join us uh, today. Um, all right, we got a lot to talk mm-hmm. about. Dr. Alex McFarland will be with us at uh, 1045 Central Time. That's the plan. And who knows what we'll talk to Alex about? That's that's kind of you could throw anything at him. You 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 can, and he can catch it. <laughs> throw anything at him, and he can catch it. Um, so we look forward to visiting with Alex McFarland again. We thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Should you want to join us on what Ed calls out there internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in today's issues. Facebook or YouTube, type in today's issues. You can watch the show live, stream there, and we can also we also post the stories that we talk about, uh, so that you can have access to that information firsthand at our Facebook page. Chris, what's leading the news this morning? Well, Joe Biden is going to be meeting with his counterparts from Canada and Mexico today at the White House. It's going to be the first summit of the three countries' leaders following the four years of the Trump administration. Uh, you know, President Trump was firm on immigration, illegal immigration, and some uh, by American policies. Uh, Joe Biden is wanting to kind of move away from that and maybe restore what he calls a, a fractured relationship with Canada and Mexico. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not Vice President Kamala Harris is going to be at today's talks. The reason I mention her is because, as we have talked about a lot on this here program, uh, Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border. So. I'm not sure why Joe Biden feels it upon himself to uh, actually talk about illegal immigration today as well as he won't talk travel about and it. trade. I doubt it. Do you think so, Fred? Uh, I doubt it very much. Doubt it very much. Yeah, it is actually mentioned as one of the uh, items on the agenda, according to USA Today. Uh, they're well, going to be talking about immigration and trade. Well, they'll, they're going to talk. One of the, the items on the agenda is, believe it or not, Mexico is going to ask the United States for more temporary worker passes because they Mexico wants to take advantage of the uh, unemployment employment problem here in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all the companies are looking for workers. And so Mexico is saying, okay, if you want workers, uh, we'll send some folks across the border. You give them a, a pass for three months, six months. Uh, we'll gladly take your money if you can't find Americans who want to work. Mm-hmm. So that's on the agenda. Yeah. Well, uh, but th- what what to do to stop uh, illegal immigration into the United States over the Mexican border? That they're not going to talk about that. Uh, I would doubt very seriously because Biden doesn't care. That's right. <laughs> Biden doesn't care. That's I don't right. think the I don't think the Mexican president cares either because there's a lot of money that's sent back. Oh yeah. Uh, over the wire, so to speak, from uh, people who are living in America, yeah, uh, sending the from Mexico sending money back into Mexico. Oh yeah, money from uh, Mexico, Mexicans living in this country going back to that country 
is one of the major sources of their economy. Uh, now, one of the things that may come up, you remember there was a court decision that upheld uh, President Trump's initiative that people wanting asylum in this country had to wait on the Mexican side of the border. Uh, the Biden administration didn't want that. Uh, there was a court case. The court ruled in favor of the old Trump rule. But the court said, uh, the Biden administration, you have to sit down with the Mexican administration and rework a new deal on that. Well, I, I think that has been put way on the back burner because neither party really wants to go that route. Mm -hmm. N and neither part or party, not meaning Democrat or Republican, neither party meaning the Mexican president or President Biden. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, some of our listeners uh, may you know, be saying, we just need to continue with the border wall. Uh, but some Republican senators, including Indiana Senator Mike Braun, uh, are pointing to this massive Democrat spending bill as not including really any money at all for a border wall. In fact, Senator Braun is part of an effort with Senators Cruz, Rubio, Lummis, and Mike Lee to try to get more border wall funding in some sort of spending bill in Washington, D.C., and I have some audio here, clip one. This is a man-made crisis by a one-man wrecking ball named Joe Biden because he did it. It was Trump. We're not going to keep those policies in place. We were right. down there at the border in March and saw all the atrocities, uh, including the smugglers heckling at us. And that was at about 75,000 illegal crossings. It's now about triple that. Fentanyl, all the other stuff that comes in. Right. And this is what most people don't realize. It's not only Central Americans. 54 other nationalities were crossing back earlier in the year and mm -hmm. the smugglers are getting money off of everybody that does sure. it. It's a disaster and the, in this spending bill, listen to this, uh, there's not only uh, n no money there for the wall or for the security that the Border Patrol wants, but they want to appropriate money to start tearing the wall down. Yeah. I mean, it's craziness. Put money to start tearing the wall down? Yeah. Who was that commenting right that there? That was Senator Mike Braun of Indiana. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is all part of the uh, the uh, pr Mexican president coming here to mm -hmm. meet with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau from Canada. So the uh, those three countries, yeah. will, their their heads of state will be uh, convening. Yeah, Trudeau today. is a uh, has some concerns to bring to the table. How much uh, that'll get resolved? How's that? He, he's a little upset in that the. Um, uh, I think it is the Build Back Better bill mm -hmm. includes provisos that at some point uh, Americans will only get a tax credit if they purchase electric cars made in the U.S. Specifically at unionized auto plants uh, from Ford, GM, and some other boutique electric car maker. Yeah, in other words, the uh, plants, the Ford and GM plants mm -hmm. in Canada uh no uh we wouldn't be able to buy cars from there so he's upset about that also trudeau apparently is a little concerned about uh the governor of michigan mm -hmm. uh gretchen whitman whitmer whitmer mm -hmm. uh she wants to stop a pipeline that's been in place for over 60 years that yeah. runs through that state yeah it's a similar uh it's it's a situation similar to the one that we've had with keystone xl for what seems like a thousand years at this point but keystone xl the northern portion that runs from canada into the midwest was never actually built this mm -hmm. one is already in operation mm -hmm. and a number of groups including the uh, project 21 black leadership network have been 
really pleading with the administration not to get involved and shut this down because people need gas. Yep. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, in other news, uh, we had a lot of uh, people talking yesterday and continuing today about this announcement from OSHA that they're going to be suspending the emergency temporary standard. That's the enforcement of Biden's you got to get shots or tested negative thing um, for private sectors. OSHA says they're going to suspend the enforcement of this rule following that big fifth circuit ruling. And that is the case involving some arguments from American Family Association and a number of other uh, religious ministries. I have some audio here from First Liberty attorney Leah Patterson talking uh, with AFN.net about OSHA not moving forward for now with this mandate, clip three. It's just the the natural process that happens when the Fifth Circuit entered its order. So basically what OSHA is doing here is acknowledging that it is required to follow the Fifth Circuit's direct order, that it not take any action to enforce the mandate until the courts adjudicate the, the question of whether the mandate is in fact legal. Now, a lot of people are celebrating this, saying it's it's all the more reason why you should stand up and fight for your rights and things like that. But this doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean we've won the war. The battle has just kind of, you know, ended in a stalemate of sorts at this point because the Sixth Circuit now is going to be the one taking up all the legal challenges from us and a whole host of other people. Well, yeah, we'll just have to see how this how, how this uh, turns out. But I would, I would suspect that this Sixth Circuit mm-hmm. Court of Appeals, again, folks, we're talking – you remember from your social studies or civics classes in high school, right? We're talking about the appellate courts that are uh, all across the country that uh, that uh, are just under the United States Supreme Court. So, I, I, the they, they will hear this uh, challenge first, and then mm-hmm. it might it will probably make it up to the United States Supreme Court. Um, I just think this is blatantly unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And as do millions of Americans and also uh, many groups and states, states attorney generals that are filing suit against the Biden administration on this. Cool. Listen, uh, huh? you use the word unconstitutional. That was a word that was used by uh, one of the judges for the Fifth Circuit. Yeah. That was in, in, the, in putting a stop to this for now. L- listen, if, if one man, the president of the United States, can... <clears throat> has the power mm-hmm. to force millions of Americans to have injected into their bloodstream an experimental uh, vaccine, then his powers are unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that's my view and the view of a lot of Americans, uh, the, the president. And, and you know what? Joe Biden said as much a year ago or so. He said, I can't do this. I'm paraphrasing now, mm-hmm. and I won't do this. That is a, a vaccine uh, shot mandate, uh, but yet he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. I guess stranger things have, have happened with court decisions, but uh, uh, also, you know, we've got the whole, the whole idea, I mean, the whole thing that the uh, – the vaccines that were promoted last spring and last summer, which millions of Americans uh, received or, or chose to to get those shots, they are now waning. <laughs> the effectiveness of them are, are waning so much 
that um, infections of COVID are going way, way up in states that are, quote, fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Vermont, a good example of that. So, which yeah. means you're going to have to have boosters mm-hmm. to continue. And there's a hockey angle to the story now. Okay. The Ottawa Senators of the NHL? Yes. 100% vaccinated. Right. 40% of the team has come down with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the vaccines from last spring and last summer aren't working anymore. No. And so you're going to have, we talked about this before, you're going to have to have uh, the booster shots. And this 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 opens up a whole other question. <clears throat> if booster shots are going to be required to fit the definition of fully vaxxed, does that change the Biden mandate? Yeah. That's the <laughs> what I would call the unconstitutional Biden mandate. Mm-hmm. It seems to me it does, mm-hmm. and that's kind of listen. There are there are many many people in this country, and I've talked to a lot of them, who got the vaccine shots last spring and last summer. When when they were told basically, all right, there's there's your answer, no more COVID threat, right? Well, um, they were told that now. Those same people are saying, a lot of them are saying, you know what, I signed up for the, the two shots then, but I'm not going to sign up for endless boosters here. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. that's not what I'm signing up for. So I'm, I'm just saying there's a whole segment of Americans, I don't know how many of that, there'd be millions of people who are going to be thrown into the category of the unvaxxed, sound like the unwashed. Yeah. The, the <laughs> unvaxxed, un- unvaxxed. Uh, yes, the, yes, the going to be thrown into the unclean yeah. category. Yeah. Uh, should the definition of fully vaxxed be uh, changed, and I, I suspect that it will have to be because these vaccines from last spring, last summer, aren't working anymore. Yeah. I now, the natural immunity, that's a whole different story. It is. Remember, and- remember that? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a... That, Remember when we used to recognize natural immunity? Yes, way back uh, when. Yeah, right back right now. Now, now these scientists are saying natural immunity. What is that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. and that's another problem because a lot of news outlets don't do that. A lot of them are just literally doing whatever the administration oh, wants yeah. them to yeah. report. All right, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Next story, Chris. Well, um, there is a, a hearing playing out. Uh, it began a couple of hours ago in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill, and it involves this uh, nominee that President Biden has nominated for the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. This is Sola Amarova, a person we have discussed on this program before. Wait, excuse me. There is a, uh, a job in Washington called what? Comptroller of the what? The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Only, she, only government can is, come up with that. What does that person do? Chris? That, what is that job definition if I want it, to apply? Yeah, <laughs> it involves uh, a lot of decisions involving banking regulations. Uh-huh. And one reason why a lot of people are concerned about this lady is because she tends to be pro-Soviet in terms of her economic policies. So a lot of center-right she, groups are yeah. concerned about that. But also, back in the spring, she was speaking to the Jane Family Institute, and she made the comment that she was in favor of oil and gas companies going bankrupt right. as a way of fighting climate change. Yeah, she's a dandy. She really is. I mean, she's fun at parties. Yeah. How, how far left is she? Republicans oh, have been to have, the left of Mao. <laughs> <laughs> Republicans have de- been demanding her college theses on Karl Marx for weeks, and she's refusing to give it to them. Yeah. 
She writes a thesis on Karl Marx, you know, and she doesn't I, want Republicans to see it. I, I don't know, but this Biden-Harris team <laughs> is just, honest to goodness, it's just at least Obama had basically traditional liberal Democrats. He did. They weren't far out, whacked out lefties that just. This is a. This is a. A. a, a have you ever seen a, a clown parade? <laughs> In my mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, this Biden's nominees and Biden's selections to lead these agencies in Washington D.C. All the three-letter agencies. Mm-hmm. And and this one, and in case of this one, she's comptroller of what of currency? The comptroller of the currency. She's a comptroller of the currency. Uh, she, this is just a, a parade of, of of Marxist clowns. Yeah, is what this is. And you know, you're not the only one talking about uh, Marxism or using the word Marxist here. I have some audio. This is Republican Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota talking about Sola Amarova. Clip five. This is a person who has written and advocated as recently as a month ago, um, written and advocated for price controls. She has she has opined that all fossil fuels should fuel companies should go bankrupt. She hopes in her exact words where I hope that they do. Um, and and uh, I don't know how you deal with I don't know how somebody like that gets nominated in, in this environment or in this country, I should say. But unfortunately, Marxism is at our door and it's in the it's embodied in the democratic uh, party and you know what's interesting about this is a lot of people were concerned that bernie sanders was too far left to get the nomination and so all of a sudden they they bring biden out there and they help him win the democratic party's nomination because he was going to be mr moderate and he preached these big sermons about how he was going to be mr unity and it wasn't going to be red states and blue states anymore here you have literally a woman who is so far to the left yeah. that she makes bernie look like donald trump i i, I predict she won't be confirmed cuz you've got to have you've got to have a uh, uh, cinema you've got to have uh mansion yeah. these are moderate democrats uh these somewhat moderate democrats and you got to there they'll there'll probably be three or four other democrats that Say, I can't sign up for this. The natural gas and coal lobby alone will uh, lobby hard against uh, Manchin to vote no on her. Yeah. For sure. Well, there, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know there was a comptroller of currency. That's what I do. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I for, have no for, idea for dig- who her predecessor is. That, but it has to, but uh, in all seriousness, she mm-hmm. does have authority in terms of banking regulations yeah, is that what the, you're talking about correct the office of the comptroller of the currency is an independent organization that falls under the umbrella if you will of the u.s department of the treasury so she is going to be working with janet yellen who a few months ago if it's been that long uh talks about how we wanted to go after the unrealized assets of people uh, you know we were going to tax people on the money they haven't even made yet who said that that was janet yellen the uh, uh, secretary of the treasury yellen yeah, she's still yelling. Yes, she's a, she's very soft spoken yelling lady, but yeah. All right, is she the one who looks like the librarian, a librarian. Yes. Huh? And if you, uh, yeah, if you are like me and you get paid the, to watch those hearings, it's very the, uh, NPRish. The white hair with the the page cut or whatever you call that yeah. thing, throwback from the sixties. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as us. Okay, Chris. Well, next, uh, next story. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Let's, let's do this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Governor Ron DeSantis um, continues to fight the administration on a lot of things, and understandably so, because there are things that the uh, chief executive is not allowed to do 
in the United States of America. Governor Ron DeSantis has really fought Joe Biden on all kinds of things, not just the COVID mandates, but immigration as well. And a lot of people seem to think that maybe Governor DeSantis is going to be one of those vying for the Republican Party's nomination in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Governor DeSantis really talked up Florida and its fight against federal mandates at a Fox Nation event. I have the audio clip, too. It's an honor for me as governor to be able to welcome the Fox Nation Patriot Awards to the freest state in these United States. I saw the Fox talent being uh, recognized, and rightfully so. Half of them have places in Florida. Maybe they should just move Fox News to Florida. We worked very hard over the last year and a half standing up to bureaucrats, standing up to corporate media to keep Florida open. We protected people's right to earn a living and businesses' right to be open, kids' right to be in school. We were not going to let Florida descend into a Faucian dystopia where people's freedoms were curtailed and their livelihoods were destroyed. We choose freedom over Fauciism. You know what, right there? That was a tough crowd. Yeah, well, it sounds like he's getting ready to say, therefore, I'm proud to accept the nomination for president of the United States. Uh, that was Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And uh, where'd, they, where'd they have that? The, the Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, Florida. The Patriot Awards on, mm -hmm. on Fox, uh, Fox News. And this came just hours after he signed a bill into law that greatly restricts the power of employ employers to impose vaccines on their employees. Uh, the, the measure would prevent private businesses from having vaccine mandates unless they allow workers to opt out for medical reasons, religious beliefs, immunity based on previous infection, regular testing, or an agreement to wear protective gear. So there you have it. Mm -hmm. the, the 2024 race for Republicans, I think, is going to be interesting because in 2012, you had a whole bunch of Republicans that tried to run. Uh, and then, of course, they settled on Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. And then in 2016, you had like umpteen. Uh, that's an actual number where I'm from. You had umpteen Republicans trying to get the nomination and that divided a lot of people. Uh, people had concerns about Donald Trump and how he spoke to people, treated people early on. And then they got behind him in the general because it was either him or Hillary. Uh, I'm interested to see what the field looks like this time around because you've got Donald Trump to deal with. He may or may not run again, but then you might. I would not be shocked if somebody in the war room is saying we can't get 15 people trying to get the nomination this time around. We need somebody to get out there early to get interest and try to defeat whoever it is the Democrats truck out we there. We need a comptroller of the campaign. Is that there what you you're go. saying, Chris? Somebody who's uh, not a Marxist. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – we'll – Probably a year from now, the talk will really pick up. After the midterms, the talk then will really pick up mm -hmm. about what will happen in 2024 in terms of uh, both the Democrats and the Republicans in terms of who, who they'll put up, you know, who the favorites are to be the the candidates there. Cause Let me tell you, uh, you pay me uh, to sit through the debates, and it was hard as somebody to try to get comments from <laughs> candidates in a debate when there's a dozen of them. Uh, all up oh there. yeah, they all get one one or two minutes mm -hmm. apiece, if that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got the midterms first, mm -hmm. and then we'll then we'll worry about twenty twenty four. But Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, would, he is very very popular among 
uh, conservative voters mm -hmm. across the country, not just in Florida, as a, a potential 2024 presidential candidate. All right, we shall take a uh, timeout right here and be back after this short break with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. What do normal human beings want for a six-year-old? Bishop E.W. Jackson. To be loved, to be protected, to be shielded from some of the ugliness in the world. But you got these nutcases who want to push on a six-year-old that you are inherently evil because of the color of your skin. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Attorney General Merrick Garland told Congress the FBI was not investigating parents who had raised concerns to school boards about critical race theory, transgender issues, but that turned out to be a lie. An FBI whistleblower says agents created a threat tag to track anyone who made statements against school boards or teachers, statements the FBI considered to be menacing. Now, the key question, who is the arbiter of what is and what is not menacing? The Justice Department assigned the investigations to the Counterterrorism Division. In other words, they're treating moms and dads like domestic terrorists. Congressman Jim Jordan is furious. He's demanding answers. First, the FBI spied on the Trump campaign. Then they abused the FISA courts. Now they're targeting parents. The FBI has been completely corrupted by the Obama and Biden administrations, and it must be dismantled along with any other government agency weaponized against the American people. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio When you die, are you going to heaven or not? 
you can know for sure. Heaven or not, dot net. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to uh, today's issues on American Family Radio, everybody. Should you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. I'm Tom Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. It's just three of us here this morning on the program. Sometimes we have four brains <laughs> at work, which some would say collectively makes one if it represents 25% <laughs> of a brain. So uh, anyway, we thank you for listening to AFR. Next story, Chris. Well, um, those that caught the top of the hour newscast heard a little bit about this. For those that didn't, we'll brief you in. Uh, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty has partnered with Alliance Defending Freedom to sue a public school district near Milwaukee uh, for violating parents' rights. The school, uh, according to the attorneys, is one of those schools that's allowing students to transition and use different pronouns while on campus without the permission of parents, without the knowledge, in most cases, of the parents. And so uh, parents are finally fighting back. And I spoke with the attorney, Luke Berg, of the uh, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. He talked about the case against Kettle Moraine School District near Milwaukee, clip six. We sent the district a notice of claim, a demand letter about five months ago, uh, raising this issue and asking them to change their policy. And they, they basically blew us off. And so now it's a lawsuit. And the goal of the lawsuit primarily is to force the district to change its policy, to defer to parents on this significant issue. Now, for people not really following these kinds of issues, this is happening in other places, not just in Wisconsin. So don't be shocked if, you know, Kettle Moraine School District today, another one maybe in your zip code tomorrow, because these things are happening, and uh, ADF and Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty have actually partnered on several lawsuits over the past couple of years on these kinds of things. Um, but, you know, it, it really is a violation of parental rights. A lot of people are saying, well, the parents need to be flexible and let Johnny or Jane be whoever they want to be. But parents, at the end of the day, still have the ability to say no, and that's what parents are going to court for. So the, what the school wants is for the child is it any grade or is it just yeah oftentimes it's uh high school level students but i mean this is probably happening in uh, well i know one example in california in rockland uh, they had a charter school where a uh, student transitioned uh in front of his or her peers whichever was the term so the school board believes it has the right not to inform parents yes when a child comes and says it's a boy i think i'm a she today mm -hmm. uh so the and the parents are saying, we want to know if this is happening. Yeah. And in, and in one particular case, one set of these parents, uh, their daughter actually went to school, and she was going through some gender identity issues, and she wanted to be the other sex while on campus. And the school was had agreed to that <laughs> and was even enabling her without the parents saying she could do that. They've since put her in another school, and she well, is a girl to me, and wants you, to be a girl. To me, uh, your kid's so messed up, they're going to school saying, hey, when I get to school, I'm going to flip over and say I'm a girl. Uh, and you don't know that's going on in your kid's life, then 
you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this is just – hey, we got some good news on this front, by the way. Yes. In Virginia. Mm -hmm. we Tell do. us what happened there. Yeah, Virginia, Loudoun County, we've all talked about it uh, for what seems like uh, years now, uh, but uh, Tanner Cross, one of the public school educators there, gym teacher. Uh, he, he was, was a gym of, teacher. Mm -hmm. You may remember a few months back that the Loudoun County school system kicked out. They, they, they fired him, basically. Yeah. Because he said, I'm not going to call a girl a boy and a boy a girl. Correct. Just because they want to be called that, and I'm not going to be forced to do that. Yeah. That was one of the main things that he was fired for, right? Correct. Well, the uh, court ruled in his favor. He went to court over this, right? Yeah. Yeah, he lawyered up with Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF as we call them. And uh, in recent days, the Loudoun County School Board agreed to a permanent injunction prohibiting it from retaliating against Tanner Cross for expressing his constitutionally protected views on the board's transgender policy. I do have some audio here. This is Tanner Cross talking to Fox News about the update. Clip seven. This is a huge win for teachers uh, in this community. And, and I just, I'm so glad to be back with my students and my students are, are happy that I'm there. Uh, you know, I feel vindicated. And, you know, I, I just hope other teachers feel, um, you know, confident as I do now, just with this huge victory. And, and maybe they'll go advocate for their students. Um, I'll call any student by their preferred name. I just can't say things that are untrue, which are untrue pronouns. I can't say anything that's harmful or lying to a child. And I'll continue to create an environment um, where there's always respect and dignity and love and care to my students. And, you know, that's an elementary school that he works at. It's not a high school. You don't have 18-year-olds saying I'm well, the other. Praise God for this victory. That's pretty big. It is. News now, and we, we're thankful to the Alliance Defending Freedom mm -hmm. organization that we support as well. Go ahead. It's interesting how he's parsing this. If, if a guy comes to school and says, my name is Sally, he, he's willing to call her Sally. But he said, I'm not going to refer to him, him as her. Him as her. Right. He's not good because he says that goes against science. Yeah, he's yeah. right about that. He's right. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's the way he's part. That's very interesting. I, that Loudoun School Board, Loudoun County School Board District in Virginia, <laughs> uh, their coach is probably going to be fired because they're winless right now in the last <laughs> in the last couple of months, huh? Yeah. They, they've uh, – well, they brought it on themselves, they, Tim. Yeah, Fairfax County is the other one. Uh, yes. These two counties are the ones why the Department of Justice now wants to go after parents for uh, showing up at school board meetings to use their constitutionally protected free speech rights to say, this ain't right. Yeah, this is this is uh, the, the bigger picture here in America, I think, is the uh, left-wingers are just going too far. <laughs> they, are, they are overplaying their hands, so to speak, and they're they're pushing too fast, and so you've got not just conservatives, you've got people who would maybe identify as independents or people who aren't necessarily politically uh, mm -hmm. uh, motivated one way or another, but they're saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not going along with this, defunding the police. I'm not going along with having to call a boy a girl and girls and boys competing in girls' athletics. I'm, I'm not going along with white people are devils. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm not going along with that. Uh, that's, uh, that's what Bill Maher was saying, mm -hmm. uh, yesterday or the day before Bill Maher, who's a liberal himself, um, very liberal in, yes. in many ways, in many ways. And I don't, uh, you know, anyway, but he's saying the same thing I just said, mm -hmm. that the Democrat party in this country is just going so far over to the left 
that they're losing middle America. Isn't it interesting how God works? It is because of the pandemic that all of this stuff, parents found out what their kids were being taught at school because their kids were at home. Parents, they were doing the computer thing, the Zoom thing. And the parents found out, I didn't know my child was being taught this. Right. And so the parents start showing up at the school board meetings a few months down the road, and they're finding out about all of this stuff, which led to the Republicans' victory mm-hmm. in Virginia just a few weeks ago. Well, and remember what James Carville said after Democrats got schlacked in yes. uh, Virginia? He blamed it on what he called, quote, stupid wokeness stupid in his wokeness. very Carville-thick yeah. accent. Yes. Um, so even yeah. Democrats realize this is a losing tactic. And they Not all Democrats realize that. Well, so, some. The they need to listen to him because he put Democrats in office yeah. more than once. I hope they don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, just keep ignoring uh, Marr and Carville yeah. and all those folks. Yeah. Um, all right, go ahead. Well, let's mention this because it does factor into the uh, preferred pronouns case. Um, the California Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case as to whether or not the state can fine or jail long-term health care workers that do not use someone's preferred pronouns. Back when he was in office, Governor Jerry Brown in 2017 signed a bill into law that said long-term health care workers must use someone's preferred pronouns or face fines or jail time. Someone sued over that in 2018 when the law took effect. It's been in the court system ever since. And this week, the California Supreme Court said, we're going to hear arguments over this. I spoke with a guy named Greg Burt, the California Family Council. He was one of the um, Californians that testified against this measure back in 2017, clip eight. I was one of the individuals from our organization, the California Family Council, that was arguing back then that this bill, uh, you know, was really a discriminated against people who just had a different view of gender um, and pronouns um, from a Christian perspective. You know, we believe God created people male and female, and it's uh, it's not based on your feelings. It's based on biological fact. And so by mandating that we use pronouns that we know don't correspond to somebody's gender, then in our mind, you're forcing somebody to give up their own beliefs. You're compelling them to espouse the other person's belief system, and that's not respect, right? That's not tolerance. Really, we should be teaching people to tolerate people with different views, not threaten to put them in jail. Listen, if you want to say to me, Tim, I'm a, I'm a man, but I feel like I'm a woman. All right. Okay. Uh, you need to get some help spiritually uh, and and otherwise. But if that's what you want to say to me, I would say. Well, okay, I've heard that before. I've heard that from people before, and I understand. So that's fine. But if you want to say to me, Tim, uh, I am a woman, and I say to you, no, you're not. You're a a male. Uh, You were born a male, and you will always be a male. That is a scientific fact. So... How is that bigoted? How is that prejudiced? How is that hateful? Mm-hmm. Just, just say that, you know, we, you, we, if somebody came up to you and said, you know, I'm a horse, you would say, really? Yeah, that's good, Chris. <laughs> if somebody said I'm a horse, 
Are you supposed to say, all right, well, whatever you feel like you are, uh, that's what we're going with, uh, you know, mayor or <laughs> you're a mayor. You're a, uh, you're, you're whatever, uh, a Palomino or whatever. <laughs> so we would say that person has a mental illness because they think they're a horse. Right. Right. Well, that's how that how that's how this issue used to be uh, looked at by the American Psychological Association and other mental health professionals. If somebody went around calling themselves something they obviously weren't, then they had some kind of psychological issue going on here, and uh, that's so so that's the the LGBTQ movement is trying to. Uh, force people to uh, ignore science and biology, and and if you if you don't ignore it, then you're a hater, and so that and that's wanna, how this thing's been framed. And they want to punish you, yeah, and they want to punish you like they punished this coach. Oh yeah, up in Virginia again. Thank the Lord, he won his case and he's back at at work, and uh, so. The pushback against this is growing. We see what happened with uh, J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. the uh, very famous author of the uh, of the uh, Harry Potter series. Yeah. Uh, all she said was, "There's a difference between that males and females, women and men." She doesn't have a problem with uh, transgendered people living out their lives free of harassment. Uh, nor do I, <laughs> and, and, and harassment in the sense that somebody shouldn't be bullied or picked mm-hmm. on or certainly no act of violence should be committed against anyone. Uh, but uh, she, uh, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, we've seen that in the news. Yeah. He, got in, he got in the crosshairs of the uh, LGBTQ community and the activists because all he said was J.K. Rowling was right when she said there's a difference between there's a biological difference between males and females. Um, so that those are two examples of people who aren't Christians. They aren't conservatives by any means, uh, but they were just stating biological scientific facts and, uh, the left tried to destroy their careers. Of course, you can't destroy JK Rowling. She's already made her money and Dave Chappelle is kind of in that same boat, the comedian. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Dr. Alex McFarland joins us most Thursdays here on AFR. He is the uh, co-host of Exploring the Word each weekday afternoon with uh, Bert Harper, Brother Bert, Har- Brother Bert Harper. So Alex and Bert are very familiar with our listeners, and they're on from 305-305 Central Time each weekday afternoon. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. Alex, what do you think about this pushback, even among many in the uh, popular culture, the secular culture? I don't know about many, but some in the popular culture, the secular culture, that are uh, that ha- are having a real problem with this promotion of uh, of transgenderism. Oh, well, I mean, even non-conservatives yeah. are admitting it's it's just crazy. It, it's against reality. Did you did you guys happen to see the film clip? Ben Shapiro, 
Um, and I think everybody knows who Ben Shapiro is, conservative uh, commentator. But he's debating a student at a university recently, and this girl is trying to persuade him that gender is fluid. Gender, she says, is not objective, and you can change your gender by identifying as such. And Ben Shapiro, brilliant guy, I interviewed him on the radio about 10 years ago. He's very brilliant. To my knowledge, he is not a Christian. He's a, he's he, a, I think he's a Jew. Yeah, yeah, but brilliant guy. And so he asked the student, he says, um, how old are you? She says, 22. He says, do you ever identify as like 61? And she goes, what? Why would I do that? He goes, well, do you ever identify as like 50? And she goes, well, you can't because when you were born, you can't change when you were born. He goes, sure you can. Just identify I'm 50, not 22. She goes, and, and it's, it's just brilliant the way he leads this. He goes, um, why can't you change when you were born? She goes, because that's just an objective fact about you that can't be changed. And he goes, well, if you can't change when you were born, why do you think you can change what you were born? And, of course, the audience is booing him. But, I mean, th- look, there are some things that are beyond the realm of changing, like reality. Now, we can change how we behave, but really what we are was chosen by a sovereign God. Why can't they, um, Alex, by they I mean the folks who are promoting this agenda, the LGBTQ, and I might add not not all L and G agree with the transgendered movement to its its full extent. There is some... uh, inter squad fighting there so to speak but <laughs> but uh, uh why why is it that um uh, where do they want to go with this i guess is what i'm saying what where, where, what would be the bottom line why can't they just say uh as i said earlier uh, if somebody wants to say i i'm a i'm a male but i feel like a female you know but mm-hmm. why are they why do they want people to call them something they aren't or either you're a hater do do you know i I think where the movement wants to go may be something that even many of the constituents don't realize i honestly believe that where this is going is the the complete abolition of the church and the family because here's the thing and look i know so you're saying really this is demonic it is demonic yeah, and, and look, I know that gender confusion and same-sex attraction, psychology tells us these these leanings are always they're caused real. by they, they abuse. Are, oh, they're always caused by... Oh, really? They're almost always caused by abuse? Are, yes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, same-sex attraction and gender confusion are always a means of trying to deal with pain. So what I'm about to say, I, I know people are wounded, people have been violated... And that's why they need Jesus. But here's the deal. Um, the transgender perspective is demonic. Because, look, it's one thing to say, God, you can't tell me how to act. But transgenderism shakes its fist at reality and the Lord and says, God, you can't even define what I am. I'm an XY chromosome male. No, God, I'll define what I am. And that's why I agree with James Dobson. 20 years ago, I was working for Dobson, and Dobson said the whole homosexual movement 
is, is a spiritual battle about silencing the gospel, and it really is. Um, our nation was built on morality. Everybody has the same rights. Um, you, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Constitution gives to the government what we call the enumerated powers, and then we give to citizens what we call natural rights. Where you and I are living now, the government has gone well beyond its constitutionally enumerated powers, and pockets of citizens are going well beyond natural rights to what we call special rights. And that's why we, we so need what AFA does, what uh, everything that is on our programming and other great groups like Family Research Council, because either we're going to have a moral, stable society or we're going to have chaos. Alex, I just want to pick up on something that you and Tim were talking about. Uh, the, this is part of spiritual warfare. I find it interesting that homosexual activists, even and, and the ACLU gets involved with this, but it always seems that it's Christians are the target, that it's the yes. Baron L. Stutzman in Washington State, it's Jim Phillips in, in uh, Colorado, and on and on it goes. It's Christian photographers. You know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, in Islam they take a strong stand against homosexuality. But I'm not Absolutely. aware of any cases of those groups going after Muslims for what they yeah. believe. I, I just find it it's always seems to be Christians that are ending up in court, not others who may take a similar stand against a lifestyle. They're not touched. Well, the thing that the, the gays and the transgenders find so odious is the Word of God. Mm. And, and you're right. I mean, they're not going after um, heterosexual, traditional values, Muslims, or, or other belief systems. Uh, it's always number one target, Christians, secondarily, Jews. Mm. That's very interesting. Hey, how's your book coming along? Your new book oh. that you and Bart have written. Great. You know what? I, I heard that AFA ordered another thousand copies. Mm -hmm. And Tim, thanks for letting me give a little plug. Folks, Bert Harper and I worked for about a year and a half on a book called 100 Bible Questions and Answers from Exploring the Word. We do a live syndicated national Bible study show. Today we'll be in the book of Malachi. And then for half the show, we take live questions from listeners, and it became a book. It was published by Broad Street. And let me let me encourage you, you can find this, and it would make a great gift, by the way, at the AFA store, or you could support your local Christian bookstore if you have a—or or any bookstore. I mean, it's available literally everywhere, published by Broad Street Publishing in Minnesota, wonderful Christian publisher, and 220 pages, and I got to say, we we don't gloss over the hard questions. I mean, we go after the hard questions, mm -hmm. yeah. and so check it out. It's a uh, hundred Bible questions and answers from the first ten years of exploring the Word. And a lot of folks listening right now who made a donation during our recent AFR Shareathon, you re you should have received. Uh, if you haven't, you will be in the next few days. I think you should have already received your copy of the uh, of the book and. Uh, the Exploring the Word program, it's been around how many years now? Uh, since January the 1st of 2010. Yeah. Wonder who Isn't had that the, amazing? Yeah, I wonder who had the idea. 
Well, whoever it was was visionary and brilliant. Yeah, well, it was Tim. Somebody. You know, I identify as a brilliant person. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I, and I don't think I'm. I think I was just born that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm. As a brilliant person, and and uh, but it's. I remain humble, but humbly so. I remain humble at the same time. I'm I'm very average, but I identify as awesome. <laughs> you know uh, that that uh, uh, I did have that idea. I guess the the Lord gave me that idea back in 2010 that uh, American Family Radio should have a live afternoon yeah uh, Bible study program uh, because I thought you know what. People get to hear about current events and politics and such all during the day on many of our programs here. And, you know, you got to stay in tune with what's going on. Or you can't make a difference in this I've country. been here long enough now where I remember Alex from the Sound Reason program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we started out um, in July of 2009, and, you know, we were trying, kind of trying to find our voice, and it was, it was biblical worldview and apologetics, kind of philosophical— and it, it's funny, over Christmas of 09, I was praying about it, and Jim Stanley called me and said, um, hey, you need to meet with Tim. Tim has an idea. And, and, and the rest, as they the say, is history. <laughs> it was you and Marvin, God. Mar- the late Marvin Sanders, our, our former general mm-hmm. manager here. Marvin passed in 14, I think. I think uh, so, yes. Yeah, and then... And then and then Bert's been part of the team about since that time, I think. Doing, God doing. has really ordained it. Amen. All right, Alex, you have a great day, my friend. Take care. Blessings to you all. Okay, that's Alex McFarlane. We are uh, going to take a short break right here. Hey, thanks, Fred, for your contributions. No, you're going to be here. Yeah. Chris is exiting. Chris is tag teaming with Steve today. That's right. So, Steve... We'll be over here with two or three of his eccentric stories coming up after the break. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.